Welcome to the Voice of Veritas podcast. In today's episode, SAP Got You Down? I'm your host, Shiloh Thomas, a data resiliency expert here at Veritas. I've invited a special guest on today's episode to help break down why some SAP HANA implementations fail to live up to reliability expectations in the cloud. We'll discuss the unique challenges of maintaining availability and recoverability for your SAP HANA and what it takes to design a solution with resiliency built in. And without further ado, our special guest, Doug Snyder. Doug joins us from the InfoScale and Veritas Alta App Resiliency product team. He is a technologist at heart with extensive knowledge architecting resiliency within the enterprise. And I've brought him on today to help us break down some of the technical concepts and considerations for your SAP S4 HANA cloud migration. Welcome to the podcast, Doug. Thanks, Shiloh, and I really appreciate the invite to be here today, and I thank you, uh, all the listeners. I hope this is uh, a good session for all of you, and it's very illuminating. We're so happy to have you, Doug. And so I thought that we could first start with, if you don't mind, understanding why organizations are moving to the cloud. What benefits or outcomes do you think they're looking to achieve? Sure. You know, SAP, and, and for that matter, any other large application that's mission-critical, isn't a single monolithic service. You know, yes, uh, most people think of the database, you know, Oracle or more frequently HANA with S4 mm-hmm. uh, systems, but there are a lot of other application services and web front ends that, that go with it to provide the enterprise services that customers come to rely on. So the ability of the cloud to quickly spin up a workload, provide reliable infrastructure without interruption, uh, make it easy and metered, uh, for customers to consume those services as they build new offerings and add additional layers is is very appealing to them. If you compare that to the on-premise world, uh, even in a virtualized environment, you typically have to procure equipment, uh, bring it to your uh, location, do the installation configuration. It's a lot of additional work and it can stretch out the time for the customer to receive value uh, from their transition. Uh, additionally, S4 HANA has a very, very large uh, memory requirement, uh, as it is an in-memory database. And many customers find that buying those things off the shelf, buying those systems uh, in a physical world, bit by bit, where they're maybe procuring you know, four or five systems, uh, isn't a very cost-effective proposition. Now, of course, the cloud providers buy in bulk. They can buy hundreds or if not thousands of these large memory systems, deploy them, and then you, of course, rent them as you need. So the cost per unit uh, drops significantly. And of course, you have the advantage of uh, ease of deployment, as I mentioned before. Now, I'm aware that, you know, certainly cloud was a buzz, but it seems to be fizzling out a bit lately for a variety of reasons. I mean, yes, moving some workloads to the cloud and, and having a cloud footprint can absolutely be an advantage. But I know that there are some challenges. You've mentioned a couple of them. But as you work with organizations on their cloud migration journey, what types of experiences are you seeing unfold? Could you get into those a a little bit more? Sure. Many customers, you know, as you mentioned, they're not neophytes with cloud anymore. That era is long past. That being said, that most of the first workloads that customers move were typically test and dev systems, followed by less critical applications and, and systems that they didn't really need to worry so much about the uptime uh, requirements for those t- types of systems. Uh, when you get into ERP systems, you know, SAP and, and others, 
that equation changes quite a bit. Uh, the customer is used to and expects a certain level of resiliency because the uh, impact of these systems being down is generally felt throughout the entire uh, environment. You know, if you're a uh, even a medium-sized company, uh, you might have a significant portion of your revenue at risk or your customer experience at risk, even during a brief uh, outage. So that that's definitely issue number one, is as customers move more mission-critical workloads in the cloud, they're finding those challenges that were easy to overlook before are now front and center. Specifically, some of the issues uh, that crop up in the cloud are things like lack of data fencing. In the on-premise world, we take data fencing and, and being able to secure the data against unauthorized access and, and uh, protect the data in the event of a cluster split brain. Uh, we take that for granted. Uh, it's relatively easy to set up if you have a storage array that supports it. In the cloud, it's a different story. They don't have the concept of shared storage in many regions. Uh, some regions do, but it's it's pretty rudimentary. And being able to fence off the uh, information is key. Uh, it's bad enough that you might have an issue with your application or your cluster services, but if you compound that by having data loss because of inadequate data fencing protection, now your problem just got to be a lot worse because you have to do a restore in order to recover that corrupt data and get back and operational. Many customers are also modernizing. You know, I, I mentioned uh, specifically uh, S4HANA. Uh, In-memory databases are very different from their, their cousins, right? You know, it, obviously uh, all the data resides in volatile memory. It's periodically flushed to disk, you know, to keep consistent. But managing that system uh, and its uptime requirements and its tolerances uh, are much, much tighter than they are for other systems. And that's something that is uh, compounded by the fact that the cloud providers tell customers to plan for outages, you know, plan for issues, uh, even though physical uh, outages caused by physical means, you know, the, the loss of a component, a disk, a network device, something like that are, are pretty rare. They're about a third uh, of the outages. You have to be aware that they do have failures in the cloud. Uh, components will fail. There are customers being affected by that right now. Now, the very large region failures, yes, those don't happen very often. Uh, when they do, they're very big and ugly. They make the news. But the day-to-day -day stuff happens all the time. And then, of course, the other challenges that you face just from managing a large complex system, such as you know operating systems, patch cycles, updates, recoverability in a general sense, uh, just simple things like the operating system or the application locking up, those continue to happen in the cloud. None of those challenges go away. And that's really about two-thirds or, or more of the actual cause of data loss and, and system downtime. Additionally, you know, cloud was designed to be, you know, built fast, right? You know, cloud native is probably the future for a lot of customers. But when you look at SAP and, and a lot of other workloads, they're not quite there yet, right? So you're still going to be used to having to manage an operating system, you know, manage an instance, uh, manage your storage, your availability requirements. Uh, and that is a little counter to what uh, a cloud native solution would would be. So when you go to the cloud, you may have moved uh, or built a new workload uh, in the cloud. It was cloud native. Everything was as a service. But now you're being tasked with putting this, quote unquote, legacy ERP system in the cloud. And it's a vastly different challenge. And that leads to skills gaps and challenges, a lot of budget overruns uh, that we see and, and other issues where customers didn't allocate for performance storage or they ran into issues uh, with 
the rabbit effect, right? I need HA, so therefore I'm just going to spin up as many instances as I can, uh, and that continues on until they get the final bill. So there are uh, many, many challenges. Those are probably the top ones that we see. You mentioned a couple of points. The first being you can't just simply lift and shift an application to the cloud. It doesn't work that way. A true cloud native is built for the cloud and, and has good performance and operating versus just taking something that's on-premise and put in the cloud. But I also want to touch on another point and, and perhaps one of the, the latter points that you had made regarding the skills gap. There is not only a significant cloud skills shortage gap, but also within the cyber security community, there, there are skills gaps there as well. And in data protection, of course, resiliency is our topic for the day. There just aren't enough resources or even those cloud native skill sets. And as a result, I know you see this quite often, pressed to meet requirements, you bring in other parties, multiple tools. And the next thing you know, that complexity, as you were mentioning, the cost, that leads to even more vulnerabilities. And I, I would say that that's becoming the next battle that customers are fighting. Yeah, it comes back to the whole standardization approach. You know, if you have multiple approaches to solve availability, say Windows and Amazon, Linux and Azure, you know, another application somewhere else, uh, you have to figure out how to manage all of that. And you're basically taking that relatively small talent pool and dividing up their responsibilities. What Veritas brings to the table, not just in availability, but in cyber resiliency and backup and recovery is a unified approach to that management. And that allows the customer to focus on bigger things. If I can manage my uh, availability across all clouds, my hybrid cloud, my you know physical and, and virtual on-premise environment in exactly the same fashion, I'm driving down that cost of, uh, of ownership. And the same is true for data protection. And that's really what Veritas does extremely well. It's not a point solution for just this. And yes, today we're talking mostly about SAP and the cloud. But these constructs and, and the things that we talk about are equally applicable to other workloads, uh, both in the cloud and uh, on-premise as well. Well, taking a look at some of those other ones in terms of databases and more specifically SAP databases, when it comes to cloud migrations, how is this typically approached with SAP? I'm sure you've got sure. some insight into that. Sure. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the lift and shift approach earlier, uh, which is okay for some workloads. You know, some of those early workloads that I mentioned before were, were moved in exactly that fashion. They used a data mover of some sort, you know, that backup or Veritas resiliency platform dropped it in the cloud. But again, that was a low value target. Uh, for SAP, it really depends on the customer direction. You know, if the customer's on an older version of say they're on uh, R3, they have a decision point to make. Do they go to S4, move to HANA, go forward from there now, or do they look at staying on R3 and waiting until you know SAP finally pulls the plug on support? Because that's going to affect you know not only how they migrate, but their future state. And we have customers kind of equally split. If they go down the S4 path, there's really nothing that Veritas has in its portfolio to move from SAP 3 to S4. That's a process that is well known and documented, and there's lots of um, you know, value resellers and integrators and customers that can do that. But when they bring up that system, all the things that I mentioned before need to be accounted for to maintain uh, the proper level of, of availability and resiliency. 
if a customer wants to stay on S3, and we have quite a few of those, they're using this as a replatform exercise. Uh, in this case, we may actually use InfoScale to move them into the cloud much more quickly because our data movement only moves the data. So they're building a fresh set of systems. They're moving the data. Let's say it's on an Oracle database or perhaps MySQL. And then they've done that kind of lift and refresh, which doesn't carry along the baggage from the uh, older system, which may have been in service for you know a couple of years to you know even eight or nine. So it really depends on you know what they're doing and what their future direction is. And quite frankly, I think it's about a 50-50 split right now from the customers I speak with who are either moving to SAP HANA 50% or sticking with R3 for now and just trying to make it as resilient as possible when they end up in the cloud. I think you just coined a new phrase, lift and refresh. I, I love it. Um, not lift and shift, but lift and refresh, because we don't want to necessarily carry all that baggage, as you were saying, into something new. Start fresh, plan accordingly, and, and move on. But as you were describing it, I was thinking, our customers are, can be really challenged by this. I mean, when you think about optimizing their SAP investment, what are ways in which our customers can optimize their investment? What What are some of the impacts that they might be experiencing? And, and maybe you can go into a little bit of how this might impact any particular downtime our customers are experiencing. Sure. One of the major optimizations that we bring to the table is not only the SAP HANA management, but the other applications and systems that I mentioned that, that actually create this, this thing called SAP. To be able to control that and manage all the interdependencies as a single unit is, is really, really powerful because when a customer has an issue, they need to make sure that all those systems are reconnected, transactions are picked up where they were left off, and, and they can continue on processing as quickly as possible. Now, if you have a disaggregated system and you have different pockets of HA or manual processes, that gets to be a, a very difficult proposition and also very time-consuming. Uh, Veritas has built in some technology that allows us to kind of link all those dependencies together, even across different platforms. So it could be, you know, uh, you could have certain systems running Windows and certain running certain systems running Linux. And of course, HANA is going to be on Linux. But when it comes time to, you know, do a major recovery effort, it's still the same process and it's ordered and it's un under control by Veritas. The net effect is that that four to six hour, you know, time frame where a customer has to sit down figure out what happened, you know, go through all the logs uh, and then start, you know, reconnecting the systems can be cut dramatically. I mean, in talking 15 minutes or less in, in most cases. Now, the net impact, impact of that to the customer is that revenue recognition that we've talked about earlier. If I'm down for four to six hours and it's an unplanned event, I might be losing customers. I could be, you know, having a mission uh, impact if I'm a public sector customer. And those typically start, you know, into the tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars every 15, 20 minutes up into the millions for larger customers. So the uh, avoidance of that one incident will certainly pay off uh, in, in the long run. Going forward, though, we also have a lot of proactive things that we do with InfoScale where we can suss out problems that might be happening and misconfigurations and issues that may not be impacting the day-to-day -day operations uh, of the cluster or of the uh, SAP environment, but they could become an issue if they're left unchecked. 
Uh, we call that a risk signature, and those risk signatures are kind of like antivirus protection for uh, availability. If we can discover those uh, through our scans, alert the customer, they can resolve it at the next change control uh, option or window, sorry, and then avoid potentially uh, an issue in the first place. So not only do customers see a significant reduction in downtime, they also see a reduction in downtime events in the frequency of those systems. Fabulous. Any strategies, especially for those that are doing the lift and refresh, any strategies that they ought to be considering or baking in now before they make that transition? I would say that the number one thing is look at how you can automate as much as possible. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, even if you're going from uh, R3, you know, SAP3 or R3 to uh, SAP3, there are still some things that you need to do. Uh, that are really not in Veritas's control. And there could be updates and patches and things like that. But that lift and refresh is something that will alleviate you from the hardest part, and that's the data movement. Uh, you know, and you don't want to spend a lot of time, you know, figuring out how do I do all these individual builds? You know, what do I need to do to tackle this problem or that problem? We have a lot of things that we can do to to automate the lift and refresh uh, and building of a new system with our mobility portal. We can you know, completely automate the build process uh, in the cloud, uh, even a very sophisticated uh, cluster that stretches across availability zones and has a, a remote connection into another region for replication and disaster recovery. Uh, we've had customers deploy you know, sophisticated systems like that in a matter of minutes, and then they have to just worry about how do I get the data loaded if I'm going from, say, SAP 3 to SAP 4? You know, what kind of customizations do I have to do in my validation and testing? Because we've cut down the amount of time they would have otherwise spent uh, building that system. So let me get in a quick plug, if you don't mind. We do have a white paper that I'd like to point our listeners to for more strategies for ensuring their SAP resilience. It's entitled Veritas InfoScale Business Continuity for SAP Applications. And you can find that link below in our show notes. Kind of switching gears a little bit, Doug, how impactful can creating SAP resilience be in helping our customers optimize their IT budgets? And I'm also curious for our listeners here, what metrics around uptime cost savings could they potentially realize? Well, sure. There, there's two buckets, and I mentioned a little bit about the revenue protection or mm -hmm. the mission protection if you're a, a public sector customer, because a lot of public sector customers use SAP as well or, or another ERP system. But the other side of that is lost productivity. When these systems are down, uh, the impact could be felt, again, across the, uh, the company. And we're talking sometimes thousands to tens of thousands or even more of employees that literally can't do a majority of their job. I mean, think of somebody in, say, invoice capture. You might have a large department whose responsibility is to make sure that invoices are correctly, you know, brought in, accounted for, matched up, processed. And if that isn't happening, <laughs> those people aren't working. So, you know, when you talk about optimizing the IT budget, you know, we can save you generally on storage costs. You know, we can certainly cut down your losses on uh, downtime events, but also from an employee and internal uh, impact, 
it's much, much better to have that system up and operational and at peak performance. Additionally, it will save you the time from managing all those disparate systems. You know, customers shouldn't have to be, you know, tied down or glued to monitors looking for events and, and logs to, to pop up and, and jump in and take some action. That should be an automated process that allows the IT manager to say, we can focus on the next big project. We can focus on the next big thing because Veritas is making sure that that system is always up and operational for us. And if I were an IT manager today, no need to convince me any further. It sounds like the results are quite clear in terms of cloud performance, scalability, reliability. I know that they're all essential key. And when you have applications and and databases like SAP running within your organization, as we talked about, you just can't afford that downtime. I'm thinking, you know, even more so, you, you touched on it a little bit ago, logistics are impacted, the entirety of your supply chain. I start to now think about manufacturing and healthcare. I mean, there are a lot of applications, a lot of companies that are running SAP. And so I think being able to ensure your resiliency will ultimately assure your success down the line for, for sure. So thank you for sharing some of those savings and um, results that our customers are realizing here today. Now, one resource I think our listeners would also find really helpful, I want to point our listeners to Veritas has teamed up with Azure to help solve SAP um, or to help evolve SAP to the cloud. So I want to make sure that you check out our ebook. Again, the link is in our show notes. It's entitled ebook, uh, Azure and Veritas Evolving SAP to the Cloud. So be sure to check that out. You'll get some good information on, on uh, different strategies and what we're doing with Azure to help you through that transition. Doug, I'll pass the mic to you once more. Any closing remarks or parting thoughts? No, Shiloh, really just to say that, you know, you brought up a good point in that this isn't just really about HA and cost avoidance and, you know, and employees being idled and things like that. A lot of times it's a competitive advantage. You know, think of a retailer that's trying to compete against Amazon. If your storefront is down because your backend systems are down and you can't deliver product or you, you know, can't ship or, or you know, manufacture, that puts you at a real disadvantage. So a lot of times there are other you know, things at stake. And, you know, again, we're invested in the customer success and the outcomes. So you know, we want to you know, make sure that customers are aware of all the different facets that we help. And we firmly believe that, you know, we can help, you know, customers be that competitive advantage, not to pick on Amazon. They're a good partner as well, but, you know, it was just the first one that popped up into my mind. I would like to offer a, a suggestion for everybody. Okay. If you're uh, looking for some help, if you want to talk through uh, with an expert, you want to get engaged with my team, uh, there is an easy link to visit uh, where you can you know, click and uh, get a meeting scheduled. Uh, that will kick off a process to get you in touch with your Veritas uh, account representative and, and sales engineer and my team. And we can help shepherd you through this journey and make sure that as you move SAP into the cloud, you're reaping those benefits of having Veritas as a high availability and disaster recovery platform. And Doug, I know you're a pretty busy person. So thank you truly for joining our podcast. Thank you, Shiloh. I really appreciate the invite. I hope everybody in the audience uh, found this worthwhile. Again, I encourage everybody to click the link, get your meetings uh, scheduled. I think this will be worth your while and Veritas is looking to help you and we are uh, fully invested in your success. 
Thanks, Doug. And to our listeners, we hope you found something useful from today's discussion. Again, thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next Voice of Veritas.